morning. I, you know, it's funny to talk about anxiety as a counselor and like, oh, come on, anxiety, just stop it. And then you get up here and do something for the first time and it's like, you know. So I, I, I do teach uh, at Wharton County Junior College, affectionately known as Harvard on the Brazos, uh, since, since I, I went there uh, many years ago. Um, but they have to wear their mask in class, so I teach two in-class sessions. And I, th I think I like it that way, um, because I, if they're bored, I, pff, I don't know if, if you're bored. I mean, but I also have to wear the mask, too, and it gets hot in there um, talking a lot. So if I say something funny, and I know it's funny, uh, and I'm like, that was funny, right? And I'm like, gosh, this is rough. Uh, so we are, we're, we're talking about anxiety today, um, and we, uh, specifically, uh, Lance told me I have like, was it three hours or 30 minutes or, thir yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 that one. All right, so I, it's cool, I've got this uh, clock right here, so don't, don't worry. I, I am known as like the most punctual, well, I don't, in my head, I'm known as the most punctual instructor at Wharton County Junior College. Uh, I, I let, I start class on time and like we're done like when I'm done talking I'm like we're done and they're like all right we love you good reviews right and so let's get started like one of the big questions that, that I get when when talking about um anxiety and now I'm realizing I shouldn't have folded my papers because they're not wanting to sit here right now there we go is what are you seeing in counseling with COVID I get that a lot and and they're like, you know, it's probably a lot of anxiety, right? And, and yeah, there's, there's a lot of anxiety. At least there was back when, uh, when it first started. It's like, what, what is going on with this? Like, what's happening? Like, I have to stay home. And then the whole mask thing started. And, and one of the big things now, though, that I'm, that I'm really seeing is that COVID was this um, kind of like pulling the Band-Aid off uh, of what already was underneath, already was under there. And we're starting to see a lot of that now, just a lot of, uh, you know, man, my marriage was already in rough shape, and now we've gone a year where we've had to be at home together, like completely just us. Uh, my kids, uh, you know, they're not, uh, they're not doing uh, what it is that I think they should be doing. School, um, my, I don't think my kids are learning. They're not going to get into the top college, and all these things have been coming up and coming up, and, and they're not, it's not like it wasn't there, and then COVID was like, woo, you know, pulling off the, the curtain, and like, and that's really what it's been. It's been COVID has really brought this idea of anxiety. And so, what, we're in our, what is it, our 10th week in anxiety, our 20th week. We've been doing anxiety for a while. And, and I don't want, don't hear me say the same things over and over and over again. And so, let's review where we've been from, where we've come from. Uh, back, you know, last year or so, whenever we started with this, uh, with Matt Barnhill, uh, one of the big things he said that I really appreciated was that anxiety is based in misplaced value. And he gave various uh, kind of ideas about what is, what is misplaced value. Uh, he talked about relationships. He talked about work, money, which is, seems like it's kind of the easy one to talk about money. But when we start getting into relationships or your relationship specifically with your kid or like, I'll step over here, relationships with, is your kid going to get the grade to go to that college and if not, oh my God, what's going to happen? 
oh my gosh, right? Like it, it's, it's, you know, that, that anxiety, and I see that, and, and, and I see that, and I see it, it just boils up. And we put these, we put these values on things, and they were, they're never supposed to be there in the first place. And then he said something that, that really uh, hit me. There's, transformation takes place in the unknown. It takes place in the stuff that we don't know that we know. You know, we could, you don't know that you know that you don't know that stuff. And, and he, he did the pie chart. And he was like, we only know about this much. And then everything else we don't know. And then we talked about considering the lilies. Consider nature. Have y'all, have y'all done that since, uh, since Lance preached on that? Have you just looked outside? I know Barnhill talked about having a bird feeder and talking about how much it costs. And I started thinking, I was like, it didn't cost that much, really, did, did it? And so, like, and I go, I make sure, like, I'm the one. Travis, our son, middle son, is supposed to put the bird feed out. I'm like, go get the bird feed. I'm like, they need more, more seed, you know? I'm like, I get excited about that. And so, and then the birds come in. And we had, like, five cardinals or red birds. I'm not a bird person, but we had a lot of them in there. And they're, like, fighting each other out. I'm like, yeah, like, we're feeding them, right? And they're, and they're, they're eating. But, I mean... Yesterday, I think it was like 71 degrees, perfect temperature. Like, did you go and just observe? Joel, my oldest son, told me, hey, Daddy, there's three clouds in the sky. I was like, where? And I was like, oh, there's three. Like, he, like, had you just observed what God is telling us? That the heavens declare the glory of God. It's, it's out there if you just slow down and observe. And then we talked about last week. We talked about first things first. Are you putting first things first? That quote by C.S. Lewis. Put first things first and we get second things thrown in. We put second things first, we don't get either. When we mislabel, when we misput the value on something, when we put something that's really a second thing as a first thing, we don't get anything. And oftentimes in our life, that's what we're doing. So now we come to verse 34, and I'm tracking something. I was told that on my online classes, I'm supposed to tell them what I'm doing when there's a pause. They don't go, is he okay? And so when I, I'm like, I'm now drinking coffee. And it's, it's not a live class. It's a, asynchronous, so I, I, I do the lecture and I load it. And I'm telling them that. And I'm like, this just feels awkward. And now I'm telling you that I feel awkward about this. And you're not hearing this live. And I'm like, so y'all give me some feedback. And they never gave me feedback. But so I continue to do it. I'm drinking coffee now. So we're in our final verse. Chapter 6, verse 34. Therefore, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So there's a lot of things we can be anxious about, right? We can be anxious about uh, school, people, approval. We can be anxious about grades or your kids' grades, promotions, you know, good things too, promotions or responsibility. Uh, We can also be anxious about our schedules, our neighbors doing this or that. Uh, We can also be anxious about, like last week, when my oldest son, my beautiful oldest son, decided to throw a paper airplane that I had made before Lance was done. I was like, I, I saw it in slow motion, and I was like, it's about to happen. He's about to do it. And he threw this paper airplane, and sorry whoever it hit. I don't know who it hit. Uh, we can be anxious about what our kids are going to do. 
we can be anxious about, in my case, Aggie athletics, which has taken years and years, I think, off of my life expectancy. <laughs> so I have a few questions I want to, to ask to, to focus us in here. What is your mind filled with? What is currently on your mind? What, are, you, are you already, in, I mean, it's Sunday. Are you, are you already in Monday? Are you already thinking, like right now? Or are you thinking about maybe what we used to think about at, at church when I was in high school? Like, how quickly can we get to Luby's? I, I grew up out here. There used to be a Luby's in Richmond-Rosenberg area. Now it's like a UT Physicians Center. And it was like, are we going to get out before the Catholics or the Methodists? Because the lines get really long, and, and, and I want my Luann platter right now. And I didn't know who Luann was I didn't know you could actually order a full chicken fried steak until I got older, that you, could, you had to get the Luann portion of it. So what is your mind, is that where you are? Are you tomorrow that you have some type of test coming up? You have some type of, of event coming up. What is your mind filled with? Is it trouble? Is it anxiety? And are you ready to do battle today? One of the big things I like talking about in counseling, are, are you ready to do battle? When you come in here, are you ready to get dirty? Because anxiety, we're already dirty. And if you have anxiety, odds are you're already uncomfortable, right? You're already feeling uncomfortable, something that you don't like what's going on. And so, do you often borrow trouble from tomorrow? That being our last verse, verse do you borrow trouble from tomorrow? Do you take something from tomorrow that hasn't even happened yet and you're already focusing on it? You're ruminating on it as the, uh, the cognitive, all the, any clinicians in the room go, yeah, you're ruminating. That word ruminate, you know where it comes from? It comes from agriculture, actually. And, and cows have four chambers of the stomach. It's pretty gross. They chew the cud. They swallow it. They throw it up, they chew the cud, and that's where they ruminate. They ruminate, they ruminate, they ruminate. It's disgusting, but we do it all the time with our thoughts. So do you borrow trouble from tomorrow? And another thing, anxiety comes alive at night, right? It hits you, you're trying to go to bed, you're in your routine, and all of a sudden, no you're not! Like, think about this, or what about this, or what about tomorrow? You've got like three things, and apparently they have to happen all at the same time. What are you going to do? You know, so it loves coming alive at night. It, it comes alive like uh, you have a child. If anyone has children, you ever had a child that walks in and you just have that sense that you, you're asleep and you have someone, that someone's staring at you. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, and your, da your daughter's right there. And they're like, daddy. And you're like, whoa. You know, like that's anxiety. It's, it's there. It's like this unwanted guest. It's like Cousin Eddie in Christmas Vacation. He just shows up. You surprised, Clark? Right? Like, he's just there. You, you weren't invited. And that's the thing. We never invite anxiety. I like the old English word of anxiety, to strangle or to choke. Is that a good word picture? Have you ever felt like that with anxiety? So what is Jesus calling us to? He's calling us to slow down. He's given us one day. He's called us to be mindful of this day. And there's actually a practice called mindfulness in psychology. And really, it's just a structured way of taking inventory of literally what is in your present moment. 
what is going on now? He wants us to be structured with how we focus on the day. Not willy-nilly. I want to be carefree, you know. Usually the carefree people have a really great structure with what they're doing. That's why they come across pretty carefree. They're structured with how they make their approach. And from the morning on, they wake up. They're either in the Word. They've got Scripture coming out of their nostrils. They're doing something on a regular basis. He's saying, don't go there into tomorrow. Why, why would he say this? Because he knows us. He knows us. He created us. He's saying, don't go there. When anxiety hits, I can become incredibly self-focused. And I increase, he decreases. Substantially, exponentially. I, I become more, he becomes less. Because my problems become so big that no, no one could ever understand, no one could ever possibly comprehend, no one can help me. So quit trying to anticipate tomorrow's troubles. So one of the things in teaching psychology, I'm about to give you some psychology terms, all right? But like, I just want, these are from God. Who's ever heard of this idea of a circadian rhythm? Okay, you lo- I, I love circadian rhythms, specifically the sleep part. I love sleep. Uh, and so in circadian rhythms, God created us for work and sleep. He knows we have limits. He knows we have, he created us with these inborn limits throughout the day. Some cultures even recognize this so well that they have afternoon siestas. They're like, go home, take a couple hour, like, calm down. Dr. Pepper had this really well on their old bottles. It says 10, 2, and 4. That was one of the ideas of when you need to pick me up because you're kind of having this lull. Like, God created us with these kind of lulls throughout the day. They just, and there's, I mean, you can take caffeine, you can take, I don't know what the kids are drinking nowadays, bang, or, you know, boom, like, I'm feeling great, you right? You know, and then all of a sudden, you, you crash pretty soon afterwards. And so God gave us these natural limitations. And they're not bad, but so often we're like, we try and like pile on. Uh, one time when I was doing some youth work, I had someone hold a backpack. I just kept putting weights in it. And they're like, this is, this is getting, it was a demonstration, you know, I'm not trying to break the kid's back, but like, and he's walking around, he's like, this is kind of hard. I'm like, yeah, that's what we keep doing. And you're like, you know, I can take it, you know, maybe we take on our friend's problems. You're like, I've got my own anxieties, but come on board, you know, and we're like, you know, just kind of like this. You ever seen Father the Bride? The episode where, Father Bride 2, where Franck had given George some Vosnik or something, and he like passes out. And then the daughter goes into labor, and he's trying to get George, and he's like, and then they fall over because he can't get George uh, off the stage. And that's essentially what a lot of times we're trying to do. We're trying to take my problems, trying to take your problems, and I'm going to solve them today, somehow. I don't know how it's going to, and then if I get to the evening, and I haven't solved it yet, my mind is going to tell me that somehow I failed. Somehow I have, I've done something uh, that uh, shouldn't be going on. But we're not promised easy town. John 16.33. We're not promised no trouble. I've told you these things, says John 16.33. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you're going to have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. 
Not, not you, not, and I, not, not us, right? Not us. We haven't overcome the world. We have a heavenly Father that's overcome the world. And we have peace through that. So let me get into... Now, I see why y'all do iPads now. Like, I, li- I like the paper. Y'all like the smell of paper? I like this. I just... Paper. Touch. Tamara, so like, you're weird. Yet my students say the same thing. So why are we prone toward this way of thinking and relating to our world? Well, for starters, we tend towards control, which control is an illusion anyways, but we tend toward this idea that I'm going to control whatever I can control. If I can't control it, then I'm going to control that. That makes sense? If it didn't, good. That wasn't supposed to make sense. We also live in a world where it's easy to see trouble. You can go online, you can go click, 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 or tap, tap, tap on an app, and you can see trouble thousands of miles away. You can also get on your neighborhood Facebook page and see that someone wasn't being very neighborly, and, oh, like, I know them because they live right next door, or so-and-so's, oh, this, this is news, someone was being a bully, and then the drama, the cross-finger pointing of, well, no, your son's the bully, no, you're the bully, and it's like, my word, what is going on? And so we can be in that. We can, we can put ourselves in that. And then we just keep scrolling because we're like, you know, eat, eating the popcorn. We're like, well, as long as it's not me. But then afterwards, we usually feel a little empty. Like, okay, what did that satisfy? So there's an art of living this one day at a time. That's what Christ has called us to, live one day at a time. So, why are we not good at that? We've gotten away from this art of living well. From this art, because it really is an art of living one day at a time. So, first point. You've been making points, yeah. So, first point. We can't do this because we trust in ourselves. We trust in ourselves a little too much. And we say, if I can just, dot, 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 or fill in the blank, if I can just. If I can just get a little bit more sleep, if I can get one of those Sealy Posturepedia, not posture, what's the big one? The, the, yeah, that one, the ones that cost a lot of money. If I can just get that and get a little bit more sleep, oh, everything's fine. If I can get on this certain diet, if I can just smell my oils, you know, which apparently not everyone's into the oils, which, come on now. Uh, if I can just, and then, then I'll be okay. It'll be enough. And so there's this question, and I, I, I when I was preparing this, I was like, should I ask this? Do I trust God to do what he says? And when I'm not trusting him, can I admit that I'm not trusting him? Can I get to that point? Can I be honest with myself and say, Lord, I'm not trusting you right now. And please don't hear this as I'm broadcast, like, y'all just need to trust the Lord. I'm not trusting the Lord right now. First time I've ever done something like this. Part of me, I'm like, I've got a master's degree. I've been doing psychology. I, I'm just going to study this Bible, and I'm going to, you know. It's like, whoa. That's not what this is all about. This is about Lord speaking through me. What does the Lord want us to hear today? No, I'm just going to trust in myself. Can I admit when I'm not trusting the Lord? 
That's a big one. Will my pride allow me to admit that right now I'm just not trusting you, Lord? So let's look at the disciples. They walked with Jesus. I'll I'll stay stay on my ground. What about the disciples? They were walking with him and still not trusting. So is there any reason why we're not trusting him? So I want to call to uh, uh, focus. Y'all remember the time when he's walking with disciples and he says... They're in the boat. And he's like, they're like, Lord, we're drowning. They're like, Jesus, Jesus. And like, he's like, what? What? Yeah, he's like, we're drowning right now. It's like, yeah. Just calms the storm. Or the one where the kids are coming up. This is a good one. Kids are coming up, and they're like, get the kids away. What are you doing? This is Jesus. And he's like, let the kids come. They're like, let the kids, yes, you know, come on, bring the kids back over, right? It's like, let's do this. Or how about after the, in Luke, when, the, when uh, the Samaritans were like, no, we reject this. They're like, Lord, should we call down fire? And Jesus is like, um, no, don't, no, we're not going to do that right now, right? And it's like, they're with him. And it's like, we're going to, by golly, they're not going to, re- you know, reject us. And, and, and so it's like, whoa, what's going on? Or the one where he says, where are we going to find food at this hour before he feeds the 5,000? It's like, y'all feed them. And they're like, oh. We, I, mean, can you, I mean, you put yourself in that position, you're like, we feed them? Like, they're still not, they're, they're with, they've seen all these other things, and they're still not getting it. How less are we who aren't walking with Christ right now, in vivo, in person, how do we also get caught up in that. What Christ has asked us to do is to cast our anxieties on Him. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. We are to humble ourselves. So why can't we trust? We're not humble enough. I don't know if like y'all growing up around Houston, is it humble or humble? <laughs> and I always get, the, is it the city? Humble, hum, humble, humble. I'm just going to throw both of them out there. We need to let our pride go down. Humble yourself before the Lord and cast your anxieties. I get this image of, of, of this uh, as going maverick, top gun. He's got the dog tags, goose. Wow! And it just like launches him to see. Are we casting our anxieties? Not, not like, Ooh, holding on to that one because I'll put that one right here. Because I don't think you're, like, that's my pocketbook. That's my kid's college fund. That's my, you know, that's this. And I'm not leaving that one to chance, right? And how often do we not hold back? Are we holding back and not allowing the full casting of our anxieties on Christ? Two, anxiety is rooted in the mind. And this is where, this was my saving grace. A lot of y'all don't know this about me. I struggled with anxiety and depression, um, my mom's in the house. She could probably give a dissertation on this for, for years. I was always a very serious child, very serious child. And I, uh, I, I didn't do high school well. I was, I was too serious to get through high school very well. And it wasn't until about sophomore, junior year of college where the Lord revealed to me um, and surrounded me with people that did not allow me 
to, uh, to think a certain way anymore. They, they literally would not let me. They would call me out all the time. You know how frustrating it is when people start calling you out on the way you're thinking? And you're like, stop it. I want to think this way. It's comfortable. I know what this is. Anxiety is rooted in the mind. Christ used words, consider, seek, reason, look, regard, believe. This is what the basis of cognitive therapy is. It doesn't matter what's going on. Philippians 4, 11 through 12. Philippians, hey! Fourth time's a charm. For I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Romans 12, 2. Many of you can probably quote this one right now. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing, the changing of your mind. It doesn't matter where you've come from, where you're going. We have the present, and in the present we are renewing. We have to do the things that will renew our mind. We have to continue, or for some of us, maybe begin, the task of thinking, reasoning the way Christ intended us to, to stay in the present and not using feelings to rationalize our way through life. Another way to put this is with this idea of a perceptual set. Yeah, I just went psychology on y'all again. A perceptual set is a tendency to see things in a certain way. And when we're, we're anxious, it's almost impossible in that moment to not see things in an anxious way. You have someone else that's not anxious, sees the same thing, they're like, hey, it's an opportunity, a challenge. We, we use different language. You're like, no, worst case scenario, not going to end well. And, you're like, and they're like, man, think of the solutions we have here. We're going to die. You know, it's like, okay. Man, I'm out of shape. I used to run a lot. I've run a few marathons, but gosh, doing that. So another way to say this is that we believe our interpretation of the event without ever questioning the assumption. We believe the interpretation of whatever we have going on we never question the assumption that it's based on. Why am I experiencing this? doesn't matter. We're, we're, we're wholeheartedly believing that interpretation. And so I'm going to give you something that uh, a psychologist in, when I was in college would just gently encourage me with. And it took me a while to finally get this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you again, what is your mind filled with? 
Philippians 4.8. What are you filling your mind with? In today, what are you filling your mind with? Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about this. Think about these things. And like I said, anxiety is rooted in feelings. When I use feelings as the basis for my understanding of life, then I begin a process whereby I must feel secure in order to do something specifically uncomfortable. I must feel secure before I can act. And only when I feel secure. In college, the, the way is, I'll write my paper when I feel motivated. If there's any college students in the house, you will never feel motivated to write a paper. Uh, unless it's like 2 a.m. the night before. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to feel motivated. That was my ma main way of thinking from uh, earliest I can remember. If I felt good, things were pretty good. I was excited. If I didn't feel good, I was a failure. I was, uh, and, and anxiety would just take my mind over. Feeling the need to feel good or approved or accepted by people. It was a trap because I could walk into a room and say, no one wants me to be here, and I'm leaving. Not, not questioning it, not like, where, where's that coming from? You know, and people started questioning, like, who said that? I'm like, well, I mean, no one said it, but you know, the way they were looking, I mean, I knew, really? And people started slowly encouraging me to live in the day, not focus on tomorrow. Feelings are not the same as facts. It's much easier for a feeling to control a thought than for a thought to control an emotion. It is much easier for a feeling to control a thought than a thought to control emotion. And that's what we're doing when we allow ourselves to go into tomorrow. I'm in tomorrow because my feelings are saying, you're not going to be able to do all that. Or what about six months from now? You have something coming up, and it, what if it doesn't happen? What, you know, what about your marriage? What about your kids? What, you know, this, that. And so one of the things I want to bring us to is that we have rest. We have rest in today that Christ is calling us to. Our Heavenly Father wants us to rest. We can consume so much in today that will call us into tomorrow. Or we'll just start looking to tomorrow. We're not even living in today. We're not living in the moment that Christ has called us to. We miss opportunities right in front of us because we're not, we're, we're not here. I mean, we're here. We're not physically here. We're not mentally present in the moment. Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Y'all, we already have a yoke on us, all right? It's not like 
I don't want a yoke in the first place. No, we have a yoke. It's called anxiety, or you can just call it life. Like, we have trouble. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We have a yoke on us right now. Christ is calling us to exchange. Come to me. You want rest? I'll give you rest. It's ours to decide. You know, when I was uh, thinking about all this, uh, I, w- I would run things by Meredith too, and I'm like, hey, you know, what does this, what does this look like? She's like, get more personal. And I'm like, all right. So I, I was, I was kind of personal. But one of the things I want to finally call us to is one final verse. In Lamentations. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21 through 23. You know, when I have, I'll have clients come in, or just, just people, colleagues, and they're like, oh, you can never know anything about this. And it's, you're right. You know what? I may not know specifically what you're going through. It's impossible for me to know completely what your specific environment, your life, uh, how that looks. But I have lived my own life, and I haven't always liked myself I think I'm just now getting to the point where more than half my life, I've actually enjoyed myself <laughs> uh, more than not liked myself, which is, whoop, it's a big win. I know my mom uh, was a big part of that. She knows a lot of, a lot of times, um, and I'm not sitting, standing here trying to make myself cry or anything, but uh, thinking about this passage, thinking about this sermon and anxiety, I get it. I, I get that anxiety is all-encompassing. I, I get it that it can, just, it can make you go, whoop, like a, a horse with blinders on. And that's all you see. What I want to call us to is this. In Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21 through 23. But this I call to mind. And therefore I have hope. I don't have hope in me. My mind is futile or futile, whatever the word is. You ever notice words and you used to pronounce them and you're like, is that even the right way to pronounce it? Like humble. Oh, is that a hand? See, I do that a lot in my classrooms too. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to put a hand up. <laughs> but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. I may stop. I may My faith may go, whoo, really slack. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. You don't have to question that. We may need to question our motives and our minds and our thoughts and whatnot. You don't have to question, is God going to be there tomorrow? God is the same today as he was yesterday and he will be tomorrow. Let God be in tomorrow. We stay in today. Great is your faithfulness. Y'all pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us limitations. I know I thank you for giving us rhythms of life 
24 hours. You have brought seasons. You've brought the birds. You've given us all sorts of ways to see your beauty, to see your creation, and you're speaking through all of it. Father, as we close this section on anxiety, I pray for the people, both here and online, that whatever you may be going through, it is not enough. You haven't done too much. Your anxiety is not too much. You can't ever uh, overwhelm Jesus with whatever you may cast upon him. Father, renew our minds. Focus us on the spiritual matters, things that are lovely, things that are pure. Let us speak to each other with hymns and spiritual songs, with encouragement. Let us call each other out in a gentle but firm way. Jesus, we ask these things all in your name. Amen.